It's episode 21 of the Outer Rim News Podcast. I'm Ashley Wilbanks, and with me as always is my co-host, Austin Gordy. Happy New Year's. <laughs> Happy New Year's. So, uh, what you been doing this week, Austin? Absolutely nothing. I mean, I took the whole, I took most of the week off. I had to work Friday. I didn't do anything that day either. We weren't busy being the New Year's Day. But yeah, the whole week I just had, uh, I just had it off work and I just lay around the house and <laughs> watch TV, played Battlefront and that's about it. Do you find yourself just getting so lazy with all this time off? Pretty much. <laughs> oh. I feel like, like what's another thing is usually I'm just used to getting up early and like I just found myself because I had Christmas Eve all the way up to New Year's Day off. And I just I found myself sleeping later and later <laughs> to the point where I would be waking oh. up at like eleven. Sometimes I think oh. I think I may have even woken up at twelve at one you know one day and just like oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I'm not that bad. Usually I get up at five thirty in the morning, mm. but uh, here lately it's. Uh, it's getting later and later. I think the latest I slept was like nine o'clock and that was this morning. You and, I, and I had the, I know I had the alarm set for like six o'clock this morning and then, uh, it went off and I was like, uh, I hit the, hit the little snooze button and I went back to sleep and I was there till three more hours. It's just crazy. The wife is, you know, she's, ah, you're getting so lazy. You're not going to go back to work Monday. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. She's like, you better wake me up when that alarm clock goes off. Uh, I will. I'm learning. I got to get it back. But anywho, uh, this is going to be part two of our Star Wars: The Force Awakens discussion. I know we 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 did a little bit last week, uh, you know, talking about it, but we were only on the air for about thirty minutes or so, or maybe a little bit longer because of uh, holiday stuff. But now we want to delve into it a little bit deeper, talk about some of those things we didn't talk about last time, and like I said. We're probably going to keep going with this. This will probably last for another episode or two. Or, or, actually, there's, there's so much to talk about. It could go on for a, a long time, but you know, we'll start covering other stuff. It'll probably besides. last all the way until Rogue One comes out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll really. We'll stop talking about it. <laughs> really. But, um, okay, so we talked about our initial impressions of the movie, and yours was totally positive. My initial impression the first time I watched it was sort of, eh, and then it got better and better and better as it went on. Some people are just happier when they're miserable. But uh, let, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about some of the the twists or some of the mysterious things in in the uh, movie, like Ray. Let's let, let's let's talk a, a good bit about Ray. The movie never tells us what her last name is, and that's part of it because that's part of the big uh, thing for Episode Eight is determining who she is. Right. But um. So, what did you think about them not giving that or divulging that information this mo- in this movie? Well, I, one thing was, you know, especially after watching it a couple of times and, and just kind of thinking over, you know, even, even like, because, you know, people compare this one to A New Hope and everything. And, and also, mm-hmm. you know, we're, it's the beginning of a new trilogy. Um, I'm kind of happy that they kind of kept it mysterious for now. And... Um, you know, there's still a lot of questions to be answered, especially just on just on her character alone, because we pretty much had a uh, gradual um, understanding of who Kylo Ren was throughout the movie. You know, we just mm-hmm. we finally put all the pieces together, but with her, it's still a grand mystery. Um, you know, of course, I'm like, oh, I want to know. You know, who is she? Is she? You know, is she an offspring of? you know, uh, is she a Skywalker offspring basically? And that's what everybody thinks. That's what I think. I mean, my personal opinion is that she, uh, she has some sort of a link to Luke Skywalker, you know, of course, probably yeah. his daughter so, in some way, but, um, but just the mystery in the movie, you know, just, I, you know, I, I knew that there's, there's so much more that I'm, I'm sure they're going to release. And that's probably going to be explained, especially, you know, if if they're gonna par- if they're gonna keep the parallels going, we'll probably find out a lot more in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, especially probably about her character in particular. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some of the things building up, I-, I can see it both ways. I can see it as Han and Leia's daughter, mm-hmm. and I can see it as Luke's daughter because right. they throw so much stuff at you in this movie to lead you to 
one direction this time, and then the next thing they throw at you, oh, it could be that she's this, you know, Luke's daughter with this little hint or this little drop of information. Right. Well, see, here's my here's my thing, and I'm going to hold on to this until the next movie. She's the okay. incest daughter of Luke and Leia. Let me finish. It could be a midi chlorian thing. Whoops. <laughs> but uh, you know what? You know, it would be crazy if they, they come up with that. But no, I, I know I have a stronger feeling that she's going to be linked to Luke because it just, because of that lineage with the, uh, with Anakin's lightsaber, you know, it was his father's passed down to him and now it's yours. It's yeah. that was a big hint in my opinion. And then of course, when she had her flashbacks, Luke was involved in them. So I feel like there's a strong connection between her and Luke somehow. And, but then there's also that connection with Obi-Wan that's kind of confusing. And somebody pointed out to me, Hey, you know, if you, you know, her accent in the movie is that Coruscant accent and maybe she's somehow connected to Obi-Wan, you know, and that could be interesting too. But I, I, on that, to me, I feel like that's stretching it a little bit, but that's the, you know, the beauty of it is we really don't know. And there could be this huge bomb, you know, in the next movie where we're like, wow, I did not see that coming. But, um, as far as the lightsaber goes, and and as far as Disney goes, just think that I think Kathleen Kennedy has already said that the main Star Wars movies going forward are going to be about the Skywalker line. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to lose that Skywalker name. Mm-hmm. So if it was Leia and Hans, it'd be a Solo. Right. Not a Skywalker. Right. Exactly. And, to, and continuing on, you know, in the future, I just think it. I just think it's Luke's kid. Yeah. And. and uh, a lot of stuff points to Luke. A lot of stuff points to Han and Leia, but I, I think it's definitely leaning towards uh, Luke Skywalker's kid. Right. Uh, the one thing that kind of trips you up, and maybe she, at, at one point in the movie, she says, Luke Skywalker, but I thought he was just a myth. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm wondering if she is hiding. She knows she's a Skywalker. Right. Right. She has to know her last name. She has to know her last name. One one oh. interesting idea is I wonder, I, and a friend of mine had brought this up, and I was like, yeah, that's a that's a really cool um, thought, you know. And it's a really it's really interesting, and it does sound plausible. Would be what if um, she was actually a young student at Luke's academy, like that was Luke's, I mean, it was Luke's daughter, and he and she was training, and um, you know everything that went down with Kylo Ren was you know, when she was younger. So they, I guess to protect her, maybe he took her to a, you know, a planet way out, you know, in the outer rim, um, you know, dropped her off there and and wiped her memory. And that's why, you know, maybe, you know, because she has like at the end of the movie or throughout the movie, you know, her, her force senses are coming back really quick. And, you know, she's, she's able to learn things really fast, like mind control and, and the lightsaber combat and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if maybe that's like repressed memories that she's tapping back into and that it may, or maybe it's intentional so that she will reconnect with Luke, you know, at a, you know, a later time. Um, I, I don't know. I think, I think she knows who she is. You think so? I think she knows. And I think she was hiding, trying to hide the fact that she was a Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, could, be. could be. I, I, I don't know that she, I don't know that she realizes what the force is and the powers that she probably has at that time. Uh, I think that whatever happened with Kylo Ren when it went down, and killed all the Jedi. Obviously, Luke said, "Hey, he, he's taking the Yoda approach, like when Yoda was fighting the Emperor mm-hmm. and and lost." Yoda's like, "I must go into." into hiding or mm-hmm. or I must well, I can't remember his exact um, phrase but uh, Luke's like oh my god I've let the Jedi down I, I, I've got to do what Master Yoda did because this is what he knows I mean well we don't totally know I- anything that happened between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens so we don't know what Luke Skywalker has learned outside of what his the only teaching he really had was from Yoda and Obi-Wan right right and we can only assume that Yoda said, you know, this is how some of the stuff went down. And and uh, so Luke goes into hiding because he failed 
uh, the Jedi, so to speak. But because he knows Kylo Ren's Kylo Ren is probably coming after him along with the Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. It's not safe for his daughter. So his daughter goes to uh, Jakku. And what better way to bring her up than doing what he, doing it how he was done, right? Right. Send her on some undescript world that's out of the way, nobody thinks about, and bring her up like he was brought up. I mean, obviously, I think she had a little more rough than he did growing up because at least he had his uncle and his aunt looking after him and she was left with <laughs> Unkar Plutt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but, and having to fend for herself completely. Hardly any roof over her head or, you know, no, hardly any food in her stomach. I mean, it's it's yeah, rough. And, and, it, that's why I'm wondering if that was, I don't know, that's, you know, I don't know. That's why I love I, I love talking about this because there's so many different ways it could that it could be happening, and we won't ever know until until the next movie or the you know the last movie. But I yeah. I love the fact that I care. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I love I love the fact that this is these characters are something that you really latch onto and can really really talk about and try to dig into their background. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know she's a link to. Luke somehow, whether or not she knows it, um, I feel like the the you know not brainwashing, but like the mind wipe sounds like that could be plausible. But you know, when it, when I don't know. Went, I think that's just an easy out, to right? Me. Right. It I, definitely I definitely sounds like it, but it's hard to um, I don't know. It's just hard to really figure because I mean, I just you know, my thing is is number one, who left her there, you know was it Luke that left her there? And, and, and maybe also that, you know, he, he left her there and he, but it was also supposed to be under the, uh, the watchful eye of, um, Oh Lord, I'm already slipping Lord, on his name. Lord Santanka. What's that guy's name? Lord Santeca. Santeca. Yeah. 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 The, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Max von Sydow's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so um, so maybe because he had the basically like the Church of the Force there, so of yeah. course maybe he was supposed to look after her on Jakku, and that's why you know yeah. the, of course the he had the map to Luke Skywalker. So I feel like there's a lot there. I, I, I'm you know I'm 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 loving how there's uh, that link you know to Luke through that guy. Like I want to know more about him, Lor Santeca. Yeah. You know, he had very small time in the movie. You know, I thought Max von Sydow was going to be a bigger part. Hell, I thought he was going to be like a Sith or something in the movie, you know, because he's one of those kind (laughs) of actors. But no, his his character was kind of tame, and, you know, he only showed up at the beginning and had a cool little part. But there's just something something else there. And I I would love to know, because there's supposed to be a connection between, because he also knew Leia. So, you know, and then him and Luke going on their adventures, looking for artifacts and things like that. Yeah, I, I, I want to know a lot more about him. So I'm hoping we get some sort of a book or, you know, they explain more of, of him, you know, like in the next movies or something, because there's, there's something there. Yeah, and I think that after Episode 8, maybe Episode 9, we'll look back on The Force Awakens as a better movie than even what we think of it is now. Right, exactly. Because we'll understand a lot more that that went on in that movie that we don't know mm-hmm. currently. Right. Because we don't have we don't have all the facts in front of us. Right. Uh, and 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 that that'll be a really cool time. I, you know, look, let's break down the the case of why she could be a solo. You know, well, just, I mean, just, that connection with it, her and Han, you know, that was one thing I was mm-hmm. like, wow, because, you know, she was really looking up to him as a father. And, uh, you know, there was they had a lot of similarities together, especially there, you know, like her fast knowledge of the Falcon. And uh, and, you know, she just kind of had that solo thing going for, her, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but at the same time, you know, Luke was also a great pilot. So that's, it's kind of tough because him and Han were both really good pilots and mm-hmm. it was passed down to her. Um, and you, and you know, they really show how great of a pilot Han Solo is in this movie. Oh yeah. Definitely. By, go, by taking off of, off from a ship in at, at light speed 
and then landing, you know, like landing, coming out, landing near a planet right out of hyperspace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, stuff we probably thought about as kids playing with toys mm-hmm. that, that, you know, you don't really think about now. But, I mean, that was kind of cool that he said, okay, we're, we're about to take off out of this ship at light speed. <laughs> yeah. Just listen. Let's engage the uh, hyperdrive right now. <laughs> yeah, JJ's great about that, man. Especially with this movie, I, I feel like it was such. In ways, it was such a fanboy movie because number one, you had your, you know, you had your a lot of your practical effects and the puppeteering and everything, mm-hmm. and then you had like the, you know, you had your classic ships back, and then the, all the cool space fights. But then you also had like fanboy moments like that where you're like oh man these cool maneuvers that we would do when we're playing with toys like oh we're gonna take off in hyperspace out of a ship hangar you know or yeah. we're gonna um or like you know like we i, I know i i was i always wanted to be like what you know what all could you know chewy do with his uh his bowcaster you know yeah, i really wanted to see that. the bowcaster in action and jj of course probably just that was his number one dream. He's like, I, I, I love the bowcaster so much. There's going to be so much bowcaster in this movie. <laughs> so, I mean, to the point where even Han was like, wow, why haven't I fired this thing before? Like, I love, I loved those moments. Cause I felt like they were such fan fanboy moments. And oh, I, I could just see JJ Abrams as a little kid playing with his Han and Chewbacca toys. And, yep. <laughs> and, and, and like, hmm, let's put Chewbacca's gun on Han Solo's hand. <laughs> right. Listen, Han like, can't even and, hold and, it. It's too powerful. <laughs> yeah. like, as older J.J., he's like, hmm, you know what I really want to see in a movie? Han Solo shooting Chewbacca's blast bowcaster. People are like, oh, my uh, God, that's crazy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then he gets to do it in real life. He gets to grow up and be like, all right, I'm going to play with Han and Chewie. They're going to do this. You know, I mean, yeah. like, it's, oh, dude. But, you know, there's those connections. But then at the same time, it's like every if I feel like every argument I have for her being a solo at the same time, it's like, well, those qualities come from maybe come from the Skywalker line, because I was also like, wow, she's really beautiful, like Leia, like especially the young Leia and Padme, you know, so it feels Mm -hmm. like she may have come from that line. But then at the same time, you know, Leia is a Skywalker, essentially. Same thing. yeah, Yeah. So it's really tough. It's, you know, it could go either way. And, you know, it would, sh- I mean, shoot, I mean, I-, I would be shocked, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if, if all of a sudden we, you know, we're all completely wrong and she had no connection to these characters and, you know, she was Palpatine's, you know, baby or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Palpatine's baby. Yeah. She's, she's Ray Palpatine. Or like, or it was like, it was like Palpatine left his, <laughs> left his, his semen behind and they're like, yeah. he's, I want you to <laughs> make her when I'm gone or something. You know, you, I mean, it's just crazy. And give her to Uncar Plutt on Jakku. Uncar <laughs> uh. Plutt. It sounds like a. I mean, that, I love that name. It just sounds like something your stomach does. Like, yeah. like oh man, I just Uncar Plutted really bad. No. Like, <laughs> now, have you have you picked up the novelization yet? No, because I mean, the, is, the physical book hasn't come out? out yet. The digital book's out, and I. I just don't want to read the digital version. I, I'm uh, waiting. You know, I'm holding out for the for the actual physical copy of the book, and then I'm going to okay, read it. Okay. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything. Then uh, I, I I've been doing the audio book, but I'm at the uh, Finn and Ray haven't even met on Jakku yet. How is the so book so far? That, um, like the movie, but they're I don't really so far. There's nothing different. Right. Than than you know the stuff that happened in the movie, other than just a few lines here and there added, like the um, the scene with Ray taking her findings to Uncar Plutt mm-hmm. when she also has BB-8. Mm-hmm. That scene was extended a little bit, right? Uh, other than just the back and forth about sixty portions, you know, there's some uh, some negotiations going on there, other right. than just that. And that's actually where I left off. Yeah, I hear that um, there's some there's some added scenes in the book, but nothing major. <clears throat> and I also hear I understand that besides like the like kind of explaining the the situation, you know, with the Republican mm-hmm. and the First Order and everything, you know, they I hear that they kind of explain that, but it, but other than that, you know, Foster doesn't really. Which he really couldn't do. He he wasn't given much information. So I feel like I've I've heard that the book doesn't really give you a whole lot more information than what you would get out of the movie. 
Yeah, and, and I was really hoping that uh, they would do more with uh, Lore Santeca, mm-hmm. Max, Max von Sydow. Right. Uh, just to see, you know, just to get more ba- a little more background information to help determine in who he was, how he was connected to Luke and Leia and, and all that kind of good stuff, other than the vagueness that they give you in the movie. Right. But uh, it's it plays out pretty much the same. Yeah, that's what I was as, hearing. As I was hearing the that the book just really, like it doesn't really deviate from the movie too much. There's not really any goodies where it's like, wow, like, you know, they, they really give more backstory. I mean, I, I just hear it's kind of kept to a minimum. And plus he, I even read an interview and the way he talked, it just sounded like he didn't really know <laughs> much of anything. I mean, he didn't even get to watch the movie. He pretty much just had to go off of what, you know, I guess like the scripts they gave him and stuff. And really, that, so yeah, that was they probably had to give him the screenplay. They probably had to give him the screenplay. Though. Yeah, exactly. And it had some of the, those scenes added in that weren't edited yet. So other than yeah. that, he didn't get to do anything else. I just, you know, I respect Alan Dean Foster. He's a good author. Um, mm-hmm. he wrote, he wrote a book. I remember when he wrote, um, uh, the approaching storm, which was like a prequel novel to episode two. And I just remember that book being so boring. Like there's, <laughs> there's not a whole lot going on there and it's, it's long and drug out, but I respect yeah. him as an author. I mean, he's good. And he's, he wrote the, um, the two, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Yeah, he wrote Splinter, of course, that was a good book, but it was kind of like a really, you know, a fresh, you know, that was like Star Wars in its infancy. We didn't know where it was going from there. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that one was pretty good. Uh, and of course he did the adaptations for JJ's other, the, the two Star Trek movies he did. Um, there's your Star Trek reference for the podcast. And, um, <laughs> but he, but like, other than that, I, I feel like they should have went with Matthew Stover. Like Matthew Stover, when he did the episode three adaptation, it was just so yeah. good. And plus just him as a Star Wars author, he is just a great Star Wars author. Like he, to me, he's written some of the best books that they've done. Like, uh, you know, Shadows, Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mendor, uh, Shatterpoint that focused on Mace Windu was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And they did the episode three novel, and it, that was great. Like I really wish that they would have brought him back for this this adaptation, because I feel like it would have at least you know, unless it's just a matter of they were not going to give out any information whatsoever. I just feel like he would have Stover was real good about getting into people's heads and really giving you a lot more of the character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was you know kind of sad that he didn't he didn't get to come back because I really did. I, also, yeah. I miss my classic. Star Wars authors, you know, um, with the new canon, they need to bring some of those guys back. Uh, Wait, speaking of of authors that need to come back and do more work for Star Wars, man, Greg Rucka is, he's killing it. Yeah. Have have you read the new book? I'm almost done. I'm in Poe's story and I'm almost done with it. I'm near the end and it's excellent. Of course, I I knew it was going to be good because his, you know, like his his Han Solo story was great. Oh, that was great. And of course his, you know, his work he's done in the comics is good. But, like it's 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 so cool and surprising how well these young adult novels are are written. You know they're mm-hmm. they're so good. Like so far they're four uh, five and zero, oh, well four three four, yeah. yeah five and zero. Oh. I mean they're 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 hitting them out of the park. I mean I hope they just keep on and keep on. Well, I hadn't read all of them. I've I've, I've just read the Greg Rucka, the, mm-hmm. the Han Solo one, and yeah. I'm on the Ray about middle ways of the Ray part of mm-hmm. the. Uh, the before the awakenings book. Yeah, I was going to so say read the Finn part. Oh yeah, and what'd you think? How, how'd you like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it it was pretty good read. Uh, yeah. it it gives you some back a little bit of backstory, but it doesn't t- take place like f- far back. I mean, right. it takes place like a week or two before the events of the Force Awakens. Is yeah. that, that's what I gather. Yeah, right? pretty much. Mm-hmm. Then you think that, and but it just gives you more motivation for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gives you more understanding of why he was ready to leave the First Order. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And uh, something that didn't played out very well in the movie, I don't think. Oh, oh, you're meaning like his... his, his, his motivation for leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his motivation because of the movie being so fast-paced, they really don't go over it. But at the same time, yeah. I'm kind of like, I enjoyed how they didn't have to focus on that. It was like either either you picked it up or you just kind of were, you were like, I'm just, you know, you, you were just in for the ride. You were like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't, 
I don't need justification. I'm I'm with him. I get it. And plus, I feel yeah. like they'll probably flesh that out more in the movies to come because I feel like they still have some to answer for. Like, how was he able to to shake that that programming so so easily? You know, because yeah, every yeah. all those students, I mean, they you know they are all raised up the same way. You know, they're but they're like the Jedi pretty much, or how the Jedi were. You know, where you, you were taken as a child and then you know, trained to be a, you know, a warrior. Um, although they were more ruthless, but yeah, this sounds like there's a lot of, uh, maybe some kind of programming involved though. Right. With, with some of these stormtroopers. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's uh, yeah. That's what I was talking about with his, I was, you know, it's, it's curious like how well he was able to shake that programming. Um, you know, I'm interested in that story. So I'm hoping that that's something that that's fleshed out in the later movies. Uh, that yeah. may be why they didn't tap on it too much here, because because with this movie, I, I feel like it was I loved the the feeling of just you know the pace. It was just like you know you're along for a ride. It's not a complicated ride. You don't have to think too hard. We you know we don't spell it out for you, but there's no need to because you know we're gonna pepper out everything along the way, and you just you get it. You're like oh totally, I got you, totally. Mm-hmm. You know so easy to pick up and. Uh, but then I feel like that gives you room to, because because it because you're really your first movie like with this one is more about trying to establish the characters like these are the people, this is what you're going to go with, and then you get that characterization probably by the next movie the way Empire was. Empire was a great movie for that because Empire took the the the, the simple story from the first movie and took those characters and really upped the stakes and really brought them out and you know, try to lay out to you who they were and, and their importance in this story. And I feel like that's probably what they're aiming to do with the next one. And, and of course with, with JJ going crazy over the new script, apparently it's supposed to be really, really good. I'm, I'm excited. Like, you know, when you hear about the enthusiasm, because I feel like you don't hear that as much in, in movies. I mean, especially in big franchises, like with, um, uh, like I didn't hear that with Age of Ultron. Um, I'm really not even hearing that with the new Star Trek movie or you know some of these others. You're not you're not hearing about the you know oh we cracked it you know because a lot of times it's a yeah. rush job where we've got to get this you know we get on to the next blockbuster we got to make sure we make money. But I love how they're talking about this next movie. They've you know they've done it like they've they've cracked the story and it's going to be so great. So I'm excited well, about that. To be honest, I mean, to be fair, though, and, and here's my little uh, DC side of me coming out. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the people at Warner Brothers have been saying that about Batman versus Superman. True, true. That, yeah, I, I will, yeah I'll, give you, I'll give you that one, yeah, because I love how they've defended that movie from because it's getting so much flack. Like for as much yeah. love and, and as, you know, it's an anticipated movie. At the same time, people people are just giving it so much flag I mean given so much problem to it and it's like to me I love how everything that's explained about it so far you know it's the way it's connecting to the previous movie I, I feel yeah. like it's justified and I'm ready for that and I love how they're doing that with the new Star Wars movie they're they're just like you know we brought in this guy he had a great idea and now I wish I had <laughs> I had <laughs> yeah. or I wish I came up with it yeah so that's and, great and enthusiasm is always a positive sign you know instead of being and speaks, desperate that, yeah that speaks volumes too, but I wonder, you know, sometimes you can't take a step face value. I'm yeah, you, that's you, just the marketing machine. Right, true, Disney, true, you know? true. But it's, you know, I mean, a lot of times I've just noticed mm-hmm. that people usually take the the high, like that, they take that road of silence, you know, where they just don't talk about it, you know, and then mm-hmm. and that's when you start kind of getting nervous. But I don't know, we'll yeah. see. I, I just feel like this this team that they've got going, you know, We've we've got a winner so far, you know, and they're they're they've taken great steps in this new uh, this new world of Star Wars that we've we've been introduced to through the the magical world of Disney. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've you know we're we're one step in the right direction. So I'm I'm ready to see how far they take it from here. Well, well speaking of silence, does it have you a little worried that we haven't really heard that much about Rogue One? Yeah, I, but I feel like it's something where they they really didn't want to take attention away from from the Force Awakens. So yeah. I feel like we're probably going to be by 
I would say probably by the time the uh, the new movie or uh, Force Awakens, by the time it's out of theaters and on its way to DVD and Blu-ray, which is around, I think they said April fourth. Cool. It always sounds like that's about right. Like it's, I think it's going to be April when it comes out. So probably by February or March, we're going to start. We're going to really start hearing more about Rogue One. They're probably going to start pushing that movie pretty hard. Yeah, I, I figured we'd probably get our first trailer the day before the Force Awakens releases, and then it'll there'll be a copy of it on the on the Force Awakens. Yeah, Blu-ray. probably, probably so. That's usually how they go. Like with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the way Disney does it, it's like you get you get previews of the next Marvel movie coming up, you know. So they'll probably do that with Star Wars. Yeah, I, I just got this feeling that that's the way that that Disney will go about doing it. But I, I mean, I'm anxiously awaiting a trailer because that's kind of like the mystery movie, right? Mm-hmm. We it's it's not a regular Star Wars movie, even though it's based in the Star Wars universe. The, I want to see how it feels, how it looks, right? You know what they're going for with it, because really we don't know anything other than the little two or three line synopsis that that Disney released, right? Um, let's take another look at let's or continue talking about Ray just just a little bit, like the lightsaber scene at the end when the lightsaber comes straight to her hand. Mm-hmm. Now that that was a uh, that was a goosebump moment for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, even maybe a almost tear shedding kind of thing because and, and it's and it's funny because this is a character I have no knowledge of. I'm just getting introduced to her, and the uh, that just that whole scene and the emotion of the scene is built up so well that it like you really care about her and you care that she's. That, that what she's doing and that this is the new this is the new Luke Skywalker right of 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 the Star Wars universe this she is the main i mean right there says she is the main subject of the of the next 3 Star Wars movies uh what did you um think about the actual fight scene I mean, the fight scene was great. Like I, you know, of course, I love the the marketing ploy they they did, where you really thought it was going to be sort of like a showdown between Kylo Ren and Finn. Yeah. And they flipped that on you. They're like, no, Finn, Finn tried. I mean, Finn, you know, I love how it was like he came in and he he tried to you know to defend her and tried to fight this guy and. You know, of course, you know, obviously he's not with the force and and yeah. just wasn't quite there to take him out. So, you know, then it, it went to her. Or of is he? Oh, yeah, or is he? Yeah. But then it's like it goes to her and it's really her fight. And yeah. and just with the lightsaber fight itself, I mean, it was still like it, it looked great, but it also had that emotion to it. And mm-hmm. that was one thing I felt like the prequels were kind of missing, you know, like they looked so great. And they were flashy and they, you know, they were well choreographed, but there wasn't as much emotion there. Um, with this one, it was just, it was a brutal fight through and through. And that was, that was great. Um, and I just also love how they, they treated the lightsabers in this movie. I mean, they were more like, I mean, they were just more like weapons because you see that, that Finn could pick it up and try to fight with it. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, because really in the prequels, it was almost, uh, you, you were afraid to like a, you know a normal person would couldn't touch a lightsaber they they cut their arm yeah. off they you know they'd kill themselves with it but you know it is still a weapon and you know you have to be careful with it and of course they show the brutalness of it especially with your your cross guard you know and how you know Ren mm-hmm. uses it when he's cutting you know Finn and I was you know in a way I was in the back of my head wishing that, that something like that would happen in the movie I'm like because I mean, come on, there's a cross guard there. It's got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> it's either I'm because me, I'm like I'm either going to hurt myself with it when I'm fighting, or I'm going to try to use it against somebody else. And I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just brutal. Now, it was just a rough fight. Now, you know, I, in the uh, category four, her being Luke Skywalker's uh, daughter, mm-hmm. I can see the parallels between. That fight sequence between her and Kylo Ren, mm. and the first fight sequence between Vader and Luke. Oh and yeah, the Empire, like just because the it was almost like desperation, you know, where you had Luke like just 
you know, he's especially when he got to the end of his rope where he's just, you know, he is just struggling to hold on with this monster that he's fighting, you know. And but well, he's well, but he's well, still no. trying, but he's still trying not to let his anger get the better of him, you know. But it's just yeah. like a, it's a the fight, you know. There was a lot of feeling to it, you know. And the, and I felt like you're, you know, when you say that it was a lot like their first encounter, I totally see that because with her, I mean, it was a, you know, it was a big struggle, you know. Well, well, look at it from this point of view too. I'm taking it from a lot of a lot of complaints about this fight scene where that how how can Kylo Ren, who's a master of the Force, you know, lose or 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 not lose? Well, basically lose a fight to this person who, yeah, she may have Force powers, but she doesn't even know how to use them. Right. And yet she looks like she totally beats Kylo Ren. Well, here's mm-hmm. the thing. It parallels that fight parallels the one Luke and Vader had. If you look at Luke and if you look at the first fight in The Empire Strikes Back, Vader in the beginning is toying with Luke, you know, one handed, you know, just one handed, mm-hmm. parring and 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 keeping him from doing any real damage and just talking with him. As the fight grows on, though, before you get to the very end, Vader uh, Luke is getting stronger and stronger, and then towards the end you hear Vader breathing hard he actually gets hit in the arm in the shoulder by Luke and you know Vader's having to defend himself mm-hmm. like really defend himself against this person who who at the very beginning of the fight you know was easy now he's hard to, to control and I see that paralleled with with um, Ray and Kylo Ren in right. the beginning of the fight you know Ray's doing what she can to just stay alive, and then the tide starts turning, and it's it's like Kylo Ren said, uh, right now find her as soon as we can because she's growing stronger and stronger. What uh, you know as as she as she's here, right? Mm-hmm. So this time uh, with um, Ray fighting Kylo Ren she's getting stronger and stronger and you can tell when you know when she closes her eyes and she reaches deep down and like there's this moment of understanding sort of you know when he's got the lightsaber on top of her and he's saying you know you need a teacher right teach teach you how to she's like to teach her why don't I you know she's thinking ah and then she closes her eyes and you know you hear the John Williams score getting louder and louder and you can you know the feel the force kind of thing with her and then that's when she starts really doing some damage to him when the force just truly takes over. Now I, I see that that's kind of what happened with Luke and Vader, even though Luke got the short end of the stick at the end of the battle. Right. You know, still he was at, at one point there, he was t- giving Vader all he could handle. But now the difference between Vader and Kylo Ren is a mile long right now. Right, because Vader was was a master of the Force, mm-hmm. so to speak, and Kylo Ren is this unstable dude who, uh, you know, doesn't know right from wrong right now, and and is kind of holding him back. Right, he yeah, even the though, conflict, and then also the fact that you know he wasn't, of course, his training wasn't complete. Plus, he was hurt. I mean, he took a, a cross, yeah, uh, a bowcaster shot to the gut or to the side, you know, and then. You know, then having to fight this girl who's mysteriously just, I mean, just a uh, conduit of, you know, to the force. That's why I feel like in the fight, there was something was helping her. It wasn't just like a, like a skill thing per se. It was more like, that's why I felt like maybe somehow Luke or somebody was reaching out and kind of helping her tap into the force. And the force was, you know, it was really like guiding her along and, and, you know, and, helping to, to defeat this guy you know um yeah I, I guess it could i guess it could be that way right i mean that's how i felt when i watched because you know when we when we got out of the movie I, that was like my only question was wow man how did how did she hold her own against against that guy at the end you know i said despite him being hurt she still you know it was you know there was there was still some skill there and that's why i was like you know somehow you know she was tapping into the force something fierce like something was really channeling and helping her but at the same time, that's where it kind of like when, when I was told about the, you know, or, you know, somebody suggested, you know, maybe it was her, you know, brainwashing or brainwashed, but like her, 
you know, where she had her mind wiped and she had some training that she just didn't know about. And maybe she was tapping into that and not realizing it, that, you know, that, that kind of made more sense to me. I was like, you know, that, yeah, that, that definitely sounds like that could be a possibility, but that's still just speculation. But yeah, I, I, I do, I do though. I, I feel that there was, there was more to it. It wasn't just her. It, there was something really there helping her, you know, and it, it could just be luck, hmm. <laughs> but you know, in, in Obi-Wan's experience, there's no such thing as luck. Yeah. I don't know that it was luck. I, and I don't know that Luke or, or something was there helping her. I just think it was that, uh, awakening kind of moment of the mm. force, literally the force awakening mm-hmm. inside of her, yep. you know, the force awakens inside of Ray at that particular moment, the whole fight scene at that moment, it was like, ta-da. Yep. It's awakening. It's now, like, I almost feel like, starts. I feel like when I, when I say she's a conduit, like you're saying, yeah, it awakens in her. I feel like she just awakens to the force and maybe even Luke feels it and feeds into it. To help her, that's Maybe. that's how I felt. Maybe. That's why I was like, "There's something." Either him or somebody or something was like, "Yeah, it's awakening in her." I mean, she's of course, it's it's almost like you see somebody who's got enormous talent, you know, like Anakin. You know, he was amazing, mm-hmm. and then you know, at certain moments, maybe you can mold them like clay, and you or you can you can affect what they're doing and really, you know, channel their energy into something else. That's why I felt like she was really tapping into it, and and then maybe. Luke was tapping it or like was feeling that and feeding off of it or, or feeding, feeding into it and, and really, you know, to, to protect her to, to, you know, yeah. So that, mm-hmm. so that she would at least survive and get out of there. But well, I don't know. I mean, well, to, to your point though, there was a time when Kylo Ren was interrogating Ray on mm-hmm. board the, the starship when he says, uh, you at night, you dream of, of oceans yep. with an island in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's Luke. either Luke telling yep. Ray, "Hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Come find me." Yep. Or, or she's seeing the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. You know, you like know, there's always did. premonitions, but I always. I, but yeah, I felt more like that was that was she was seeing, like there was a connection between her and Luke. That's how I looked at it. And yeah. uh, and then of course there was that. But then he couldn't get anywhere beyond that with her. He couldn't. He couldn't dig in, and uh, I feel like that was probably. I mean, that was that was her. But I also feel like that may have been possibly Luke also feeling that she's in conflict, like something's trying to break her, and you know, he kind of almost like he's helping to reinforce her, you know, to kind of guide her and protect her until he can get her to him, so he can really train her in the ways of the Force, you know. Um, Maybe, but I, I look I, when when I saw that interrogation scene and that Kylo Ren was using the Force to try to pull things out of her. I looked at it as she's okay. She's never done this before. She's never seen it, and now that she's seeing it, um, oh, I can. Maybe I can do this too. Let me. Uh, I see mm-hmm. how you're doing it. Let me push back on you. Right. But but one of the. I think, I don't know, I think she's had some sort of Jedi training in the Mm. past, even maybe as a little kid, because nobody tells her how to just talk to somebody, you know, do the Jedi mind trick on somebody. Right. And she just came up with that one on her own while she was sitting there saying, let me see if this works kind of thing. You know, you'll release my, you'll remove these restraints and walk out of the room, whatever. And she did it with kind of like a question the first time and then more forcibly the second time. And then when the guy walked in, you know, said it. When James Bond walked in, mm-hmm. she said it and boom. Then he did it. It almost was like, eh, has she done this before? You know, or has she seen somebody do it before? Has she experienced that before? Maybe when she was little. Like I said, I think she knows more. I think she knows more then we're led to believe. Right. I think she, she knows who she is. I think she knows something about the Jedi, because if you remember through all those trailers and even in the book, there's scenes like when she first meets BB eight and he says, I'm classified. And she says, ah, me too. Big secret, big secret. Mm -hmm. 
there's something to that. She, I mean, she knows who she is. She knows maybe not why she was put off, or maybe she does know why she was put off on Jakku. And that just as a child, you know, you're being left by mommy and daddy or whoever, you know, that's going to be like a crying moment. You're like, blah, don't leave me, uh, especially with this big goofy looking plut guy. Right. You know, uh, I think there's, I, I don't know, everything points to her knowing who she is and her maybe even knowing some of, maybe she had started some Jedi training but it didn't get finished. And yeah, I, the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, she's Luke's, she's Luke's kid. She's gotta be Luke's kid. Case closed. Yeah. She's well, right, no more podcasts and she's done. This is Luke's kid. <laughs> we figured it out. You don't even need to go see star Wars episode eight. It's done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I feel that, that there is some, she's had some training and that she's Luke Skywalker's kid. Case closed. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Case closed. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, what else really stuck stuck out in your mind about this film? Hmm. Um. I don't know. I mean, when you say stuck out, I mean, there's. I mean, I beyond the those mysteries. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, also, I'm I'm interested to know how the lightsaber got to um to Matt to uh. You know, Maz. Well, hey, hey, that, that that's a question for another time. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will shut my mouth and I will. <laughs> no, I, I, dude, I was just copying Maz. You know, that's a question for another time. <laughs> that's a question for another time. But yeah. um, uh, yeah, when she said that, I was like in the in the theater. I'm like, okay, like I, I hear you. <laughs> next movie. <laughs> next movie. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, that was um, a nod to the Lucasfilm story group. So like, you can put yeah. this in a comic book or a book or whatever you want to do, but this yeah. is, we don't have time for this in this movie. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, other than that, it's just, I mean, I had like, of course I loved, um, like I love Poe Dameron. For whatever reason, his charms won me over. Like I am so, I am so team Poe. For some reason, uh, I, oh, you're you're Team Poe. I'm Team Poe, man. I, I like his character was was just he was a tease, but he was so good. Like he was he was like the Antonio Banderas of the Star Wars universe. Like that dude had swagger, and he would jump into a fighter and handle business like nobody else. You know, I mean, oh. I mean, you think the dude dies, and it's just like, nope, not dead. I'm here. <laughs> How'd you not die? Mm-hmm. Oh, don't worry about it. I just, you know. We crashed. I rolled out. I'm good. <laughs> like, okay, all right. So, you know, I can see I can see the marketing campaign going Team Poe or Team Finn. Yeah, for the for the love of Ray. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Literally. Exactly, man. But he, yeah, I just love that character, and I just you know, it, it was refreshing to have like a non, just like with with Finn. I loved how it was like his background was more like. Oh, you know, he's a former um, stormtrooper, you know, so we never had that before. And that's great, you know, except for, of course, Han Solo. You know, he was a, he was an Imperial officer. I don't know if he ever made it uh, as an officer, but of course he he went to the Imperial Academy. You know, according he, he, to, to legends. Yeah, to legends. Yeah. So there's that. But like, it's just cool. You know, you got you have this former stormtrooper turned rebel. But then you have a pilot. I mean, he's not he's not a force sensitive as far as we know, even though he was flying pretty awesome, you know, awesomely. But you know, just that it brought in that feel of Star Wars. Like Star to me, Star Wars wasn't all about Jedi, you know, and the Force. Well, that wasn't the main thing. You also just had, you know, you had other aspects. Like you know, that's why a lot of people are so like, oh man, you know, Jedi stuff or whatever. But I love bounty hunters and smugglers. Because that's mm-hmm. that's the other aspects of Star Wars. I mean, you had that, and then you had the military. You had the pilots and stuff like that. I just loved that that portion of it, and uh, the you know the fact that we had that, and then we had the great fights that we did, and you know the dog fights and stuff like that. That was really cool. Um, you know, yeah, I like they, to see the in the in atmosphere dog fights. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, exactly, and the you know. Even the the treatment of the First Order to me felt so great. Like, they were great villains. I I really enjoyed 
watching them be villains. Like it was just like they didn't shy away from knocking out. I mean, like killing stormtroopers left and right. But the stormtroopers looked cool. They were ruthless. You know, the 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 commanding officers were like Nazi officers. I mean, they were crazy. And then you had mm-hmm. Kylo Ren, you know, stalking around and you know getting mad at everything and <laughs> cutting up you know, computer consoles and stuff because he was <laughs> having a little fit, you know, I just, all yeah. of that, man, all of that stuff. And just, and I, and I feel like Adam driver was a really good part of the movie. I mean, he did a great job as Kylo Ren. I loved yeah, how, yeah, I loved how unstable he was, but also his lines were just great. Like, I, like you were saying with his interrogation of Ray, like I love when he's focused in on her mind and he's like, you know, you know, you, you know, I see Han Solo or something like that. He's like, you, you know, you look up to him as a father. He's like, trust me, he disappoints you. Like, I just, oh, that was so great. Like, I, I loved all that stuff. And and then just the, you know, like, pose dialogue with him. You know, do you talk first? Am I going to talk first? How are we going to do this? <laughs> yeah. Like, all that yeah. stuff's great. I mean, all the, the dialogue was just fun in the movie. It was just great. That's one thing I loved about the movie. And that, and that was something that J.J. Abrams, I think, had said before, right before was, you know, we wanted this movie to be fun. And it was. It was just a fun movie. Like especially watching it the second time around, it just it was fun. And you yeah. and I love the I love how it's not a hard movie to get into at all. Like the story is actually pretty simple, but if you choose to, you can read more about it and you learn more about the the world that they live in and, and it's just it's such a nice feeling. You know, with, with the prequel trilogy, I feel like you really had to dig in and if you were a true fan, that's you know, you could stick around. You you already kind of knew the the galaxy from the trilo- from the original trilogy, but then you see the prequels, and you kind of had to backtrace, and you had to go, well, this is how this all happened, or this is how this connected. But there was a lot more political goings on, you know. But here, yeah. it's like it's a, it's just a simple, you know, we have the fir- we have the first order, and we have the resistance. You know, I was a little confused as to how the Republic fit into it, but you know. I, I actually bought the visual dictionary the other day mm-hmm. and just reading that it actually has, a, it lays it out for you and explains, you know, how everything worked, you know, how, you know, what, well, ex- what was going on with the well, Republic well, and everything. We'll explain that because I, I still, I still don't know. Well, see you have like after, um, pretty much after return of the Jedi and, and after the battle of Jakku, you know, we pretty much, the Republic pretty much beat back the, or the, the rebels, beat back the empire to the point where it was kind of like, you know, the Nazi regime, you know, we beat them to the point where, you know, they finally surrendered. We had a ceasefire, you know, they, they kind of had a peace treaty written, you know, we, you know, the, the rebellion became the new Republic and pretty much after, you know, they, they of course made the empire disband their military and everything. And then you see the Republic drawing back all their military that was sort of laid out in aftermath where when Mon Mothma pretty much just, was like okay, we won. We're gonna, you know, we're we're gonna take. We're gonna basically draw back a lot of our military. And you, know, of course, people were like, uh, "What? What are you? What are you talking about? You know, that's gonna leave us defenseless." And she's okay. like, "You know, we're not gonna be like the Empire. We're not gonna do that." So you kind of have it drawn back into a peaceful state again, where you know they have military, but it's way more of a police force than anything. You know, they just kind of they're kind of there to uphold the law, but they don't you know, they don't kind of step outside their boundaries. And then you have basically, instead of keeping the Senate and everything all on Coruscant, what they ended up doing was all the planets within the Republic would host the Senate. I, I, I'm not sure how, how long that went, but it would basically mm-hmm. be passed around from planet to planet. And that's, that's basically how they work. So that every planet had a say, you know, every, every planet felt like they had, you know, they had a dog in that fight. You know, they had a they had a a, a voice. You know, and well, hopefully they weren't they weren't having the Senate meeting in the Hosnian system. See, right that's now. the thing. Here's the problem in the movie. Okay, well, let me before I go in there, uh, the Resistance was basically founded by Leia. You know, General Organa. She okay. she knew that something was going on with the Empire. The Empire say, oh, you know, we're we have no army. We have nothing. We're you know, oh, you beat us fair and square. You know, she yeah. knew something was going on that the first order was coming. You know, it was sort of like the empire secretly drawing back to the unknown regions and, and re slowly rebuilding their military. And that's basically what was happening. But the Republic failed to see that for whatever reason, 
And yeah. so that's why Leia brought up there are, you know, brought the resistance together and, you know, to combat that. And, um, pretty much after that, it's like, you know, it became more and more apparent that there's something going on with this first order, but it's too late because in the movie, when they reveal their weapon, they blew up those planets where the Senate was actually being hosted at that time. Oh, okay. So, so that was the end of the Republic. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like in the movie, it wasn't, it wasn't like a total destruction. Like, Oh, the, the Republic has finally completely destroyed, but it was a huge, it was a huge hit. Cause I mean, it probably killed a majority of the, of the Senate members. Yeah. I mean, each planet will have to reelect new pretty much you know, members. exactly and 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 it puts everything in disarray for mm-hmm. for a long time yep exactly you know, for, for, so for months, i don't months, know months. I, you know that's another thing too is now that that's happened i can't wait to see the the aftermath of that you know like what you know now now what's going to happen because now it's just the resistance you know they i mean of course the resistance blew up the uh the star killer base you know and everything all that happened but you know what now you know they the first order shown better, their hand, you know. But they should have done a better job explaining the importance of that. But see, that's because the thing is, really, I feel like I feel like maybe that's what they're going to do in the next movie. Maybe like they'll kind of go this, you know, this happened in the first movie. They didn't focus on it enough, but this is the fallout from it. Now you understand how serious that was. I agree. Yeah, because, that it wished I wish that it was laid out a little bit better, but you know. Because it just seems like in in the movie, oh, they just blew up three uh, Republic planets. No big mm-hmm. deal. Right. You know, there's eight billion more Republic planets. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, uh, it's... That, that that does give it a little more heft to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that... That's because I didn't know that. I was just like, wow, man, that's crazy. And so yeah, that's pretty much the state of the the galaxy at this point. I mean, they, yeah, what they did there on in that movie, it's it's bound to be there's got to be a lot of consequences to it so i wonder if that book is canon though you know which I, one I the one the one you're talking about oh yeah, the, yeah no it's all visual. canon it's the visual it's the, the visual dictionary just like the ultimate uh star wars dictionary but it's the same thing it's like all six movies they've pretty much went back and retracted a lot of stuff and and made it canon like if you if you look at because i've got the ultimate star wars visual dictionary and they they you know of course bring in all the clone Wars stuff too and, and rebels and make it but yeah it's all canon every single bit of it sweet yeah alright well we're getting about that time to uh, wrap it up for this week uh, wrap it up for episode 21 of the Outer Rim News Podcast Ooh. we can drink uh, now 21 woo <laughs> <laughs> yeah really um, I just want to close this one out by saying I am now level 50 on Star Wars Battlefront shut up whoop, whoop. shut, shut up. up yep I am level 50 <laughs> level 50 um, so I just want to say, uh, guys, it's been a great one. May the force be with you. Peace and long life. Peace and love. Boop. Thanks so much for listening to our show this week. If you want to follow us online, you can do so by visiting us on the web at www.outerrimnews.com. We're on Twitter at Outer Rim News, and we're on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Outer Rim News. If you want to leave a review or subscribe to us on iTunes, we would love to see that. And finally, this podcast is not endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm. It is intended for entertainment purposes only. The fantastic Star Wars rock music used for the show is courtesy of Husky by the Geek. You can find him on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. Star Wars, names, and sounds are all copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders. <laughs>